do you have any uh, experience or, or recommendations how to still keep that kind of community vibe going even if things are well growing yeah i mean the key with with all of this is not becoming an event planner welcome to roof talk spirited conversation at the intersection of community technology and shared living i'm michael and today we're talking about how to create the perfect co-living experience with leah ziliak as founder of the co-living consultant she has helped countless operators to create the perfect guest experience together we'll be covering topics like how to create community what are some metrics and benchmarks to measure your community's health and how to build community at scale yeah hi leah welcome so much to roof talks and it's a pleasure to have you here thanks good to be here and of course everybody knows hopefully leah ziliak uh, because she is the founder of the co-living consultant and she's here today to share with us how to create that perfect uh, guest experience and i do believe that there are only few people that are so passionate about community building and guest experience like leah so from that point of view i'm really super excited about our conversation and to learn how to build that perfect guest experience like what could be possibly metrics to look at and finally also to talk about how you can create community at scale. So welcome once more. And um, like you might know, we have that small little tradition here in Roof Talks that we always like to ask for the most memorable drink that you ever had. And for you, it is what? Um, yes, my most memorable drink is a mimosa. So I have, um, it's more orange juice than mimosa today. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so mimosas remind me of this trip that I took with my family a few years ago in Arizona. We, you know, we nice. decided to go on this sunrise hot air balloon ride over the desert. Oh, and we, beautiful. Ooh. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. We expected, you know, to be this relaxing experience. And, and for the most part it was, but when we were getting ready to land, the operator said like, hey, just so you know, sometimes it's smooth and sometimes it's a little rough. So just be ready. And it was, you know, rough was an understanding statement we were just like sliding in and uh, you know holding on for dear life and tipping over and cactus in the way and it was just a whole experience and we were laughing so hard and by the time we landed they had a whole mimosa breakfast waiting for us and we just had such a good time laughing about that experience and you know that's just one of my one of my favorite things is you know bonding over those travel experiences but then you know, laughing over drinks and, and a shared meal it's just such a special thing so yeah yeah, yeah. And it also highlights the importance of like like community in a way, right? Like so, and uh, yeah. so from that point of view, I think it's a perfect introduction to to the topic. <laughs> so, by chance or not, I, I also have like a, a similar orange juice here. So, <laughs> welcome once more to to yes, Roof Talks, cheers. and uh, let's taste <laughs> it. Yeah? Never again miss an episode of Roof Talks. Subscribe now at obeyocom rooftalks and receive every new episode right into your inbox. Also, we'll be raffling away prizes among all our subscribers. Listen until the very end of this episode to find out what we are raffling away this time. All right. Well, then um, let's just dive into the topic first of all, right? Like, so uh, the, the, the first thing that, that I'd like to talk to you about is like, community right like so because that is like what binds everybody together and like all the different brands that are operating co-living are of course also talking about um the importance of community so like my first question to you is like what does community really mean to you 
Oh, goodness. Um, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) that's a big, that's a big question. But I mean, for community for me is, you know, a sense of home. It's, um, you know, being surrounded by a group of supportive people who, who make your life better in in a whole lot of ways. I think I I grew up in a small town in Indiana, and I had a very strong community feel. And, uh, you know, community there means knowing that you always always have somebody to help you with anything if you need it. And, I think whenever I started traveling solo and started to find my community abroad, um, for that community meant, you know, not only being supported, but also being inspired and, you know, finding people who not only understand you, but can show you what's possible in the world yeah. and expanding your views and, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone. And so it can mean a lot of things, but I, I think when you find the right one, it just, it makes your life better in, in every way. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is certainly also like an example of like, in, in the philosophy that you are living in your life, right? Like, so because what, what I like in, in, in the way that you are living your life is really that you practice what you preach because now you're aware. I'm in Cape Town right now. I'm actually staying at Neighborgood um, yeah. to live in here. So yeah, it's such a, it's such a cool thing to be able to travel and visit different co-living spaces around the world. It's, it's really, really fun. So yeah. 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 How, how, how did you get in contact with the concept of co-living in the first place then? Yeah, so I I had been traveling by myself for a little bit, and I really just missed community. I had a hard time finding it. I wasn't staying, you know, a little bit older and not staying in hostels anymore. And you mm. know, when you're staying in Airbnbs, traveling by yourself, it's really hard to meet people. So I I came across the idea of co living um, as part of the digital nomad type of co living yeah. in um, Lisbon, and I I found a really strong community there and it just clicked with me, you know, it was everything that I had been missing in solo travel, finding that community. And, and, you know, I come from a hospitality and entertainment background. So um, I did a lot of event planning and, and things with musicians and um, also worked mm. on more cruise trips for a few years um, mm. in hospitality. So it was just, you know, hospitality and entertainment and events and community kind of all met in this thing called co-living. And so, yeah, that's, that's how I decided to get involved. And that's when you decided to like, first of all, just live in, in that environment or did you immediately say like, guys, that's, that's it. Like, this is where I need to be like, really like also a thought leader and a mover and shaker. Yeah, I think it took a, a, a little bit of time, a couple different stays for me to really decide that this is what I needed to focus on because it, mm-hmm. it just seemed to fit. Um, but yeah, right away, I knew that this was my my place and that I could really understand what was happening there. And I saw a huge growth potential. And so, yeah, it took it took a, a couple of stays, but, you know, then it was pretty much all in. So Yeah. Uh, and do you still remember like the feeling that you had when you discovered that kind of community uh, for, for the first time? So, so, so can you yeah. take us back to that moment where you really like kind of entered the building or, or met in the community? Like, how did that feel? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd always heard of the idea of a digital nomad and I've always wanted to do long-term travel. And so the space that I stayed at in Lisbon, it was full of digital nomads. And I guess mm. just being part of a community of people who I wanted to be part of and who were already doing the things that I wanted to do or had aspired to do. It was just really, it was such a nice feeling to, to be around people, like-minded people who understood that you weren't crazy for, you know, wanting to give up your home <laughs> and travel the world. And yeah. um, it was just such a strong community. And uh, there were probably 10 of us that I was really close with. And I've met up with all 10 yeah. of them in different parts of the world since then. And it's, it's cool. a really cool thing. Yeah. Uh, and and the ten so like looking at like how how big was the community that you were living with uh, by that time? Uh, it was probably I mean it was come and go so I think they're about yeah. twenty or so in that particular space. Um, yeah. But yeah, people were kind of coming and going at the same time. But Lisbon, such a Portugal in general, is such a great spot for for community and nomads. It's a big, big yeah, hub. yeah, 
and it's also picking up right like so i mean uh, because of remote work and and all that i think there's so much momentum actually in the in the segment it's, it's really fascinating yeah absolutely yeah yeah okay um and then like when you say that you were still meeting up in these initial teen, uh, 10 people that you met during that stay um is that something that you are coordinating then you say okay guys hey let's move on let's all move into cape town or like like how does that work out no, it's just, I think it's just serendipitous, you know, how it all works out. Fun. Sometimes I'll space and then <laughs> yeah. someone, I was, I was in Lisbon last um, spring and I just, yeah. I didn't know, I thought I was going by myself and I ended up showing up and there were 10 different people that I'd met at co-living spaces and <laughs> places and we're all at a picnic together and they're like, oh, I know you, I met you at this place and you here and there. Yeah. And yeah. It's just yeah. funny how it, how it all comes together, but yeah. yeah, one big community all over the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think this is also like the promise to a certain extent, right? Like, so because it, it facilitates that kind of like, like free and flexible lifestyle, but in the same time, like the group of friends and, you know, your, your, your circle, you would ideally like to like meet wherever you go. So uh, I think that's also a very interesting direction that uh, perhaps we'll see out in the future, right? Like looking at different operators that do have that global footprint, perhaps there is yep. like really that kind of like almost subscription based co-living model right like so could yeah. be interesting yeah lots, lots of different versions of co-living and they're all popping up in different ways but i think the remote uh, movement of remote workers yeah. is really shaping a whole lot of uh, the co-living industry so yeah um uh, let's dig a little deeper there when you talk about like the different types of co-living can you like from your point of view describe to us like where are the differences what, what kind of segments do we have yeah, so there are, I mean, there are the more short-term stays, like the digital nomad spaces in which, you know, people come and they might stay a week, they might stay a month, they might stay mm -hmm. a year. It depends on what they're what they're up for. Um, and then there are, you know, the spaces that are more residential. So in larger cities, you'll find people who are, are in more long-term co-living. Um, there are the high-rise spaces in which, you know, yeah. there are 100, 200 people in a building um, and they, you know, are, again, more long-term residential and, you know, then there are the mid-sized mid spaces in which it might be a house of, you know, 15 to 25 people also mm -hmm. having a strong community. Um, so there are multiple types. And now there are, you know, lots of workations and co-living retreats and movable co-living spaces around the world. So yeah. um, there are just so many different opportunities and so many different types. Yeah. So it's hard to say, like, when you're talking about co-living, well, which which type are you talking about? Because <laughs> it, yeah. it could be a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's a lot of uh, flexibility also and like a, like 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 well anything could almost be co-living as long as there's like some sort of community and, and shared living experience right like so yes, yes. yeah absolutely absolutely so how, how do you see actually going back to that initial experience of community that, that you described and, and that you fell in love with if, if i can say so um mm -hmm. how, how do you see like the current operators actually really living up to that promise of of connecting you and, and giving you that feeling of being at home yeah, I mean, co-living is all about community. And I think all the spaces that are doing it really well are, you know, connecting people in, in a way that's you really can't find anywhere else. You know, when you're living with people and you're sharing these experiences and sharing meals and, you know, expanding your, your views and, and getting to try new things, it's just it bonds you in a way that no other type of mm. opportunity does. And so co-living just it, it's the connector of all things and for anybody who wants to be part of a community or has you know if you move to a new city and you don't know anybody it's 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 yeah. perfect to connect people in that way or if you're a traveler like me and you're you're yeah. moving around a lot it's it's it just it fills a need that that wasn't quite there in this way before so co-living is yeah it's doing great things for people and 
yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And if if you are in particular traveling, right? Like, so if you have that freedom, if you can go wherever you want to go, um, then it's really about like giving you a home that that is is waiting for you to a certain extent, right? Like, yeah, so. absolutely. But how how do you build that from scratch? Because if I'm thinking about that, mm -hmm. right? Like, so what I see happening is that there's a lot of interest in in, in entering the co living market, also from real estate developers that might not really have a lot of knowledge about community building. So, from your point of view, what would you recommend is the first thing that you need to do if you are serious about building a community for uh, for your concept? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing you need to do is to be very intentional with your customer experience design. Um, with with the work that I do, I'll sit with clients and I'll go through each stage of the customer journey. And you know, what we're looking for is not only to enhance each step uh, overall, the overall experience there, but looking for ways to create connection at each touch point. I think there are ways yeah. that you can create community at, uh, within your messaging and the way that you present yourself and the way that you integrate people into a group. So. Um, yeah. Having a solid onboarding system is really, really important. You know, thinking about how do you welcome people to the space, and you know what sort of messaging goes out before and during and after, and how are people integrated into the group? It just it makes such a huge difference mm. on easing yeah. someone into a community. So that part is really important. Um, I think focusing on compatibility as well. You know, community forms a lot yeah. easier when you're bringing in like-minded people together with common interests in some way. Yeah. And then yeah. and then looking at the way that you structure your events and your engagement and focusing yeah. on, you know, facilitating engagement versus versus planning. That's, those are kind of the main things to focus on when you're starting off. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like I mean, like uh, onboarding on the one hand, communication events like these are like the kind of the basics, I would say. Right. Like so. But what I also feel is that a lot of uh, operators that are moving in are, are thinking about, hey, I really need to create an outstanding experience all over the place, right? Like so, and I think they are struggling with like really uh, getting just a couple of pointers into where can I make the most impact, right? Like so, and I find that interesting that you talk about onboarding because onboarding I think is the most underrated um, from from an operator point of view because it's easily forgotten. But you say this is yeah. so critical to get the experience, right? Yes, I mean you you have to. You, when you think about coming into a new space and how awkward that can be if someone doesn't present it to yeah. you in an easy way. I mean, when you come into a group of people, especially with co-living who all already know each other, you know, they yeah. already have these bonds and you're the new person coming in, it can be awkward and it can be off-putting if you, if you aren't integrated into that group as well yeah. as you should. So there are lots of things that you can do to make that process easier. And the quicker you do it, the more likely people are to enjoy the experience and the more likely they are to stay or, or keep coming back. So yeah, absolutely. Can you, can you just like go a little deeper into this, you know, like what, what could be tips that you would recommend to somebody to really do to get the onboarding right? Um, I think uh, one with your messaging beforehand, um, letting mm. people know what to expect, um, how to arrive that first day, you know, what are some tips for getting them integrated, not only to the community and the space, yeah. but the neighborhood as well, um, letting yeah. them be familiarized right away. Um, I think connecting them with the group ahead of time is really important. If you have a chat somewhere or um, some sort of you know, tech platform that you're discussing. I think getting people involved before they even get there is really comforting um, yeah. so they can hop right in, um, things like that. And I think I always recommend, on, especially for smaller spaces, on the first day that somebody arrives, that you try to plan a time for everyone to sit down and have a meal or have a drink or something as quickly as possible because yeah. it's so much easier to connect over, you know, an activity where you're talking and, you know, sitting down and, and sharing 
you know, meals and ideas and, and thoughts. And it's just, it's so helpful to get people integrated right away. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to the drink, right? Like, so it could, it could even be a balloon, right? Somewhere over in the desert, yes, right? Like, so it yeah. could be if you're, you know, really aiming high for your <laughs> expectations. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, but I, I really believe that you are spot on there, right? Like, so because it is about shared experiences, right? It is about like integrating, helping them to connect with like-minded people. So, um, yeah. Then the challenge that I see is like to really keep that uh, like 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 personal connection going. In particular, if you talk about communities that are growing and they are scaling and and things like that, do you do you have any uh, experience or, or recommendations how to still keep that kind of community well, vibe going even right. if things are well growing? Yeah, I mean, the key with with all of this is not becoming an event planner um, as far as co-living with activities and facilitating things that are happening. So you really have to get your community involved in building the community itself. Yeah. Um, and that is, you know, getting having more community led events, but also just, you know, offering opportunities for connection and not necessarily being there and guiding them through. So, you know, the more leaders that you have within your community who are leading their own events and who are organizing their own activities, um, the better, because that's the way that you can scale. You can't be, be an event planner for the rest of your life if and still grow your business and have, you know, multiple spaces. So, um, yeah. you have to focus on getting your community involved in growing the community itself. Yeah. Yeah. And that is something that you could help with somebody who's just starting out or who is already working and struggling with like, uh, what you're describing that they are basically dedicating 24 hours, seven days a week into like kind of getting this off on the ground. Right. Like, so this is exactly where you love to come in and, and to help. Right. Yep, exactly. Okay. And do you, do you have a preference to work with like bigger brands, smaller brands, established brands, uh, new brands, or like, are, are you helping out everybody? Yeah, I think um, I mean, they're, they're great things to both of them. I think the smaller <laughs> spaces, usually I bring in more of my hospitality background. So they might have mm -hmm. a really strong community because they're you know smaller and it's, it's easy to connect in that way, um, but might need some help with, you know, coming up with their systems and putting hospitality best practices to make it all go smoothly. Yeah. Um, with the larger spaces, they tend to struggle more with community or authentic community because they're so big. Um, it's hard to get people to connect on such a large scale. So I will help them with their community building tactics yeah. um, for that. Yeah, yeah so great. Yeah, perfect. Okay. So wherever anybody is struggling, right? Like, so always uh, you, you are there for them. It's, uh, it's comforting to know, I would say. So. <laughs> I try. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perfect. Um, and then let's just take a, take a step back, right? Like, so because we are talking about community and how important this community is, sometimes if I'm like just listening to conversations or, or being asked by like developers that are thinking about moving into co-living, they are still struggling to get the importance of co-living right and community yep. building right, right? Like, so why is it important to build an engaged community in the first place? Yeah, I mean, like like I mentioned, your your community needs to be bigger than yourself, or you're never going to be able to grow, and it's never going to be sustainable yeah. in the long run. Um, I always talk about having you know a bottom up approach versus a top down approach to community building. So instead of you know having a set schedule of things that you're doing, um, you know, getting your community involved in the community itself, and you know, without commu the community aspect of co living, it's just you know regular shared living as as we've known mm -hmm. it. And so if you don't differentiate yourself in that way and really making community the core of what you do, then you're not going to stick around for very long because community really is the asset in all of this. So it's important to focus there. 
Yeah, so, so what you're saying is that community and effort on community building also translates into business outcomes, right? And I, I, I think this is uh, yeah. this is the key message from my point of view, right? Like, so because a lot of operators or, or like real estate developers that are just toying with the idea of moving into co-living, they they look at community building sometimes and they feel like, okay, I, well. If, might come across a little bit hippie right like so it might come across <laughs> like everybody's happy or whatever right but yeah. it is a business outcome that you're driving with that and i think this is once you see that in the data also i think it becomes a different conversation also absolutely i mean everything is moving toward community and connection and you know yeah. housing housing as a service we talk a lot about like all of the yeah. extra perks that co-living offers beyond just community and if you're not offering those things then then there are other spaces that are that are so you need to stay competitive here in the co-living world because it's it's really taking off and there's so many spaces yeah. that are doing it so well that yeah if you want to be part of it you've got to <laughs> do it right <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely and how, how do i know that i'm doing it right right like so i mean what are kind of metrics that uh, i i should look at to understand how my community is doing yeah, I mean, there there are lots of ways that you can look at it. I mean, um, retention rates for one. Mm -hmm. A lot of people look at how how long do they stay? Um, do people come back? Are they referring others to come back to your space? Mm -hmm. um, I think engagement in your community at all. I'm you know I'm big on small gatherings, so it's not really about yeah. measuring how many people come to an event, but like the level of engagement of the gathering yeah. itself. Yeah. Um, and I think how many how many leaders you have, how many people are leading events. Yeah. You know, is it just one person who's taking charge every time? Because if that's the case, it's not a very strong community because if that one person yeah. leaves, then so does your community. So I think success is when you don't have to lead anything anymore and your your community is growing itself organically. Yeah, yeah. And you can take a step back, right? And and let go, which can be a struggle sometimes, right? <laughs> yes, especially, yeah. I mean, co-living, especially with the smaller spaces, there's so much heart into into what goes yeah. into each project and people do it because they're truly passionate about what they do. And so it can be difficult for people to step back um, and allow, you know, delegate yeah. and automate some of these things, which is where I come in because, you know, it's it's hospitality and, you know, real estate property and all these things, they can they can really lead to burnout if you, if you mm. let it, if you get too involved in the day-to-day -day because it's hard to to separate you know your job from from life and and i think you have to if you want to grow if you want to keep it around forever then you need to to take a step back at some point yeah no absolutely and i think this is also like really so important to understand what you said earlier right like so then community is not a top-down uh, activity right community building really happens bottom up and well, what what for me was one of the biggest learnings was that in the end you build a healthy community by just focusing on the individual interactions first of all right like so to give people a reason like to to engage with one other person and to make them feel comfortable with each other so that then they can go and go bigger and do an event together or like just make them interact first of all right like so and i think this is this is probably like the, the the trick to build community at scale from my point of view to really focus on the individual connections first of all correct yeah it's the it's the, the small gatherings because you know yeah. if you're staying in a in a building where there are two thousand three thousand people or whatever you're not yeah. going to connect with all of them and the, so the goal here isn't to connect a whole building full of hundreds of people it's yeah. to connect smaller groups of people and so that they can find the ones that they really do connect with yeah. um, and making sure that people aren't left out that there are always opportunities for them to to find their group yeah yeah exactly and once you you have your group once you have your tribe then of course 
uh, going back to the business outcome, why would you move on, right? Like, so, I mean, if you don't yeah. have to, uh, once you have friends and, and you have everybody and everything you need, uh, it becomes a no-brainer. Absolutely. I mean, once you've had an experience like that, it's just, it's very difficult to walk away from. And yeah. I think that's, that is just such a huge business asset. You know, if you can create something that people can't leave because they know they're not going to yeah. find it anywhere else, then gosh, you've got customers for life. And for life, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's and that's exactly also what you were describing, right? Like, so it's not only about the customer for life, but it's also what you're doing, of course, to the people that are coming to stay with you, right? Like, so building friendships that are lasting beyond the actual stay in in your location. And I think this is this is really also the impact of uh, of, yeah. of the movement and of core living. Absolutely, and I think uh, even I talk about going through the stages of the customer journey, and I think mm -hmm. offboarding is another piece that is often mm -hmm. missed. Um, you can create, you know, connect your community even after they've left. And I've seen some really strong communities where, yeah. you know, they, it continues on and they're still part of it even after they've gone and they might have, you know, reunion events here and there. And I think that's super smart because you're just, you're, you're enhancing your brand and brand yeah. awareness and people are talking about you long after they've left and you get, you know, word of mouth marketing, which I think is just huge in co-living because yeah. people will go where their friends tell them to go and people are talking about where they've lived. So, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's authentic, right? Like, so if you have somebody share from first an experience, how it used to be living in that place you know yeah. that you can trust them so um yeah I, i absolutely agree with that uh looking looking at like the different metrics or or, or kpis or however you want to call that um when it comes to like building a strong community are you familiar when like talking about retention rates for instance are you familiar about any kind of industry-wide benchmark on those because like a lot of operators are just wondering uh, how, how am i doing compared to what's normal in the industry do you know of anything Yeah, I know. It's a conversation that we have all the time <laughs> in the industry. It's like, yeah. you know, community is such a big buzzword right now and everybody's yeah. using it. But how do we prove a strong community? And, you know, how do yeah. we prove its worth to people who don't get the co-living thing? So yeah. uh, it's a tough one. I think we're still in the, in the midst of working that one out. But like I said, with so many different types of co-living, that also makes it, it difficult to, to come up with a benchmark across all of these different types. It's it's a challenge, but I mean, it's something that I'm working yeah. on personally and I think everyone else is too. So. <laughs> Yeah, so once once you have something, let us know, right? Like so because I, will. <laughs> I, I I do believe that this is something that if once we are as a as a as a as a movement, as a industry, as a as a segment, are really like uh, successful in creating that kind of transparency across yeah. what we really believe is making us different compared to everything else. I think then it's also a different conversation than you can have somebody who does not understand uh, co-living in detail, but at least yeah. understands the, the value of uh, uh, on the numbers, right? Like, so mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, great. Sure. Yeah. So um, let's just move into the, the, the next topic and the topic is already going to be the last one. And I'm, I'm really curious and passionate about building community at scale, right? So, um, Why would you say is that so difficult to accomplish? Yeah, I think, you know, small spaces, as I've said, do authentic community really well and larger spaces can have a, a more difficult time. And, and that's because the bigger you are, you know, people can get lost in the masses. So you have to yeah. be intentional with, with how you do things. Um, and I think that the smaller spaces who might be able to, you know, have multiple properties and just grow in, in that sort of way. 
I think what works in one space might not work in another space because every community is a little bit different. So I think it's difficult because you have to be a little bit flexible and willing to adapt when a community takes a different direction than what you mm -hmm. expected, because, you know, it's not a cookie cutter thing and you can put all the things in place and you can get close, but you have to really, you know, have your ear to the ground and be listening to what your community wants and, you know, be willing to be part of it. So you can't just completely automate everything. You need to, to still you know, pay attention to what's happening. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think this is also uh, one of the challenges, right? Like, so, like we talked about letting go, and we talked about like nurturing, kind of that 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 spirit of uh, being a self-organizing community, and doing that at scale is so difficult if you cannot nurture like the initial people to step up there, right? Like, so how how do I identify anybody who could be a community leader within like uh, the group of people that are living with me? Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important. You need to have a community manager that's there and part of the community that really is listening to the conversations that are happening. Um, I mean, I think getting feedback from, from everyone on a regular basis is really important, but also having people on your team that are there on the ground, whether that's, you know, you or somebody mm -hmm. else. Um, just listening to these conversations and being part of the general vibe of the community. Um, so I think that's really important. And, and that's part of the reason why scaling is so hard, because it's really hard to find the right people for these spots, you know, to be the community yeah. manager. It's, it's a really difficult yeah. role. And it's something that we in the industry are, are talking about all the yeah. time about how can we support these people to avoid burnout? And how can we make this, you know, a role that's sustainable? Because, you know, when you're so passionate about your community and taking part and leading things, it can take a lot out of you. And it's a, it takes a really special person yeah. to do the community manager role, uh, right? So uh, finding absolutely. those people. Well, it's a struggle <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, but there's also like you said a lot of focus actually on on on, on uh, putting good resources together to help somebody who is looking for answers in in that field are there some resources yeah. that come to your mind and uh, somebody who's interested in learning more about community building and the role of a, a community host for instance um, could look into Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I'm a member of CoLive. They have a lot of great events. They have a specific to the community manager role. They were rolling out some um, yeah. interactive things that we were doing this past summer. And um, I think they're doing another one here coming up. But um, there's also another great, um, the role of community building through Conscious CoLiving. They have a great yeah, uh, handbook for it. Um, so those sorts of things. And there are a couple of community building um, groups on Facebook that are really great at, you know, recommending books and recommending websites and all those sorts of things. So I follow a lot of that too. Yeah, yeah, because that is also in the future, right? Like, so like you said, right? Like, yeah. so I mean, in particular, if you talk about scaling community, scaling co-living, the key mm -hmm. to that is to have the right people within your own team that can really like also facilitate that. Yep. Yeah, sure. absolutely. And then the other part of it is, of course, uh, also technology. You were talking about that before. Um, from your point of view, like what is the role that technology can play within all this then? Yeah. I mean, when I talk about, you know, facilitating community, you absolutely have to have your community having conversations with one another. So I think the most important role of tech is to connect people on a mm -hmm. platform and, and getting those conversations started because they can't plan events and plan their own things and say, hey, who's doing this? And, you know, I'm doing this on this day if they don't have that. And I think having tech, it brings it all together as far as connecting people in a way that's that you can't really do any other way. So I think to build community at scale, you absolutely have to have some sort of 
tech involved, um, or at least some sort of communication platform at the at the very least, in which people can communicate to, uh, with each other, uh, not just to through you. So there needs to be less of a gatekeeper and more of a collaborative community communication happening. Yeah. And 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 the same time, I think like a lot of people are looking at technology, and they are always having the fear of technology taking away the personal contact, right? Like so. Uh, but I'm if you, if you think about technology, it should just facilitate that kind of meeting and, and the kind of uh, yeah. discovering of, of similarities. Um, I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, I mean, not everyone is going to be able to to meet in person, especially in some of these bigger spaces. So you have to have a place for these conversations to be happening to, to facilitate that sort of engagement. Yeah, yeah, clear. So looking at the importance of community, looking also at the fact that like, uh, well, we, we see a huge growth of uh, co-living in general and, and the individual operators are all eager to scale. Um, how do you see this playing out going forward? What's the future of uh, co-living going to look like? Oh, gosh, I think I mean, I think co-living, as I said, it means so many different things. So I think it's going to take a lot of different directions. But uh, I mean, in general, I think the community focus is, is going to become even more at the forefront, because like I said, it's mm -hmm. it's the differentiator in, in all things between, you know, being a, a property management company and being, you know, a, a co-living community. So I think we're going to see a lot more different types of co-living, especially with with the remote work trend, as I mentioned, there's a big push toward um, like rural, rural co-living and, you know, co-living villages and those sorts of things. So I think community is going to come in a lot of different ways, but uh, I think the remote yeah. work push is really going to expand its, its capacity to, to be in different places around the world. So. Yeah. And, and how, how do I, as somebody who is thinking about getting going with my own co-living brand, like how, how do I really get started? I mean, you have to do your research and decide where you want to be and what your demographic is to get started, because um, there are just so many different options. So it depends what what your goal is, um, and then if you you know want help with your community building and your and your guest experience, you know, get involved with the industry. I've just I've learned so much in getting involved with other co-living operators and other consultants and, you know, brands. And it's, it's just amazing what the industry is because they really practice what they preach. You know, it's, we are a community of industry yeah, leaders and true. that is what I found really, really, you know, impactful and useful to me is connecting with other people in the industry and seeing what we can do together. Yeah. So I think that's going to continue to be a trend as all of us, you know, coming together to shape what, what the future of co-living will be. Yeah. And like you said, right, like, so, I mean, there are lots of different initiatives that are really bringing the field together in a way, right? Like, so, um, and, and, and what I also like is, again, that you are just like practicing what you are preaching by, by living in the, in the places, right? Like, so, and that I think is also like, uh, yeah, a, a super powerful asset if you as a future operator just spend some time to live with different co-living brands to figure out, right? Like, so, What is yeah. it that you like? What is it that works? And like search the, the, the experience and the conversation at the same time. Absolutely. I always encourage people, if they've not experienced co-living for themselves, to just go to a space and stay there for a little yeah. bit and see what it what it does. Because I think, you know, to really understand co-living, you need to get it. You need to yeah. see the value in it and see it for yourself because it, it can really be, you know, a life-changing experience if, if you let it. And yeah. uh, there's just something so powerful in, in that experience that I think if you get that and you see the magic of it, it's easy to translate it in your own business and, and really see the value and push forward. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think this is a really good, good, good statement, right? Like, so I think it's about like really experiencing it, getting it, and then uh, like like putting it into practice. And that is also where you can help. And that basically brings us to the end of of our session. Um, and the tradition that we have is that we always like to raffle something away. Uh, and you have a, a special something here for everybody who's listening. Um, what are we raffling away today? Yeah, so we are going to raffle a strategy session with me, um, a free session. So if you, depending on what you're interested in, it could be you know focused on your onboarding system or your community building strategies, whatever it is that you need the most help on, we can have a session and sit down and try to work through those those issues with you and and see where we get to build the strategy to to move forward. Perfect, and it doesn't matter in the location, right? It doesn't matter if I already have something like you are. You're basically very very flexible in in, in helping out. Correct. Yes, I work with existing spaces or in ones that are that are trying to, to start and build from scratch. So, uh, no matter where you are in the world, you know we can always zoom. So yeah, exactly. And hopefully <laughs> soon meet in person again, yeah. right? Like so. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the, the the magic and the core of core living. Of course, you yes. cannot zoom core living. I mean, like, <laughs> but who knows, oh, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, Leah. Thank you so much once again for for being here with us, right? Like so, and. Uh, I wish you all yep. your success. Um, and <laughs> where where are you going to stay next? Like uh, after uh, after Cape I'm Town? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'll be in Cape Town for the next few months, um, checking out some of the spaces in, in this area. And then I'll be back in the US for a little bit and then yeah. probably back in Europe. So hopping yeah. around. <laughs> so, so if there's an operator saying, hey, we would love to have you with us, uh, and then you, you would still be open for suggestions, right? Like so. Yeah, <laughs> Perfect. Great. <laughs> Thank you once again, right? Like, and uh, have a good day and uh, well, keep in touch. Sounds great. Thanks. <laughs>